Welcome back to another episode of Another Mother Podcast, a safe place for blended families to unravel the blended chaos and share lessons learned, the good, the bad, and the high conflict. I'm your host, Dana. I've been a struggling and confused stepmom for over eight years now, and I'm finally feeling like I'm starting to find my groove while flailing and failing along the way. Now let's grab a drink and talk some shit. Hey guys, it's me, Dana. I have been out since I just realized and looked back on my last episode since January 24th. So my God, I am recording this on March 19th and I can't believe it's been almost two months, but like, I am so sorry, but I am so glad to be back. Um, as a lot of you know, I think a lot's changed. Um, in my family and in my house. And, um, I've kind of tried to keep, you know, most of you guys up to date on, uh, what's been going on and why I've been so absent. So this episode is literally just a bit of a life update. I apologize if it's fucking boring to you and you just don't care. And you're just here for more of like the blended family, um, you know, just listening and learning type things. So I do not blame you. If you want to skip by this one or just skip it all together, because <laughs> um, I just want to kind of let you guys in and just be really transparent about um, just what's been going on in my life. Um, I guess it's a little bit, I, I don't expect a whole lot of people to be able to like understand um kind of my family dynamic and what's been going on. Um, so just to get right to it, um, one of the big, one of the biggest reasons that I have been pretty low key these days is, um, that my, my dad went through a pretty big scare, um, with his health last month and a half. And, um, he doesn't live with me. Um, a little bit of context for background here is that, Um, growing up, my parents, you know, my parents just didn't have it. Like it was a very, very toxic marriage. It was one of those things where they should have been divorced and they should have been separated, but they didn't. And so me and my sister were very much just, you know, just caught in the middle of everything. We experienced a lot of trauma. We experienced a lot of just things that I don't, I don't think any child should ever experience. There was no, there was no victim. They were both equally horrible and toxic to each other. And, um, that's just what we know of them growing up. I was a little closer to my dad, um, just because we're, we were a lot more alike, I guess, as a child growing up. Um, I was pretty much a tomboy. Um, I kind of resembled more of his side of the family. I was understood a little bit more by his side of the family. Um, needless to say, that's just how we were. I doted on him. I thought he was amazing. Um, and then he went through, um, I got to give him that. He was really, at one point in my life, he was very much involved. He, you know, had a pretty open communication. I felt like I could tell him probably more stuff about my life than, um, I could have with my own mother. Um, so that's good. I mean, at least I'm glad I had at least one parent that I felt comfortable enough to kind of talk to about those stuff, those things, you know, those like, you know, crushes or like things that are happening at school or like 
just anything that was really going on in my childhood. I felt as though in those times when I was younger that I could connect a lot with my dad. Um, But as I grew up, he became, I guess, felt less needed. Um, He's always kind of been somebody, he has fibromyalgia. So he's always been somebody that has um, just not been completely well. And when he was diagnosed with that, um, so a lot of people that maybe don't know what that is, it is something that will attack not only your muscles, but your bones. Um, so he was always sore. It's like a really bad arthritis, um, is the best way to, to describe what it is. Um, so it did take quite a toll on him. And when he was diagnosed with that, um, you know, he just didn't, they didn't know too much about it other than like painkillers and painkillers. Like that's essentially it. Um, he was prescribed some pretty fucking heavy stuff, um, to the point where he became addicted. He became reliant on these things and he basically just became like a corpse on the couch. Um, so in a sense, I kind of lost a lot of my dad. I lost a lot of my connection in my home. And, um, I mean, he made his way through it. We've had, some crazy ups and downs. He's made some major mistakes as a parent. He, we've just, you know, just as a child, I just think back and I can't believe just a lot of the stuff, a lot of the decisions that I guess had to be put on me and my sister when it wasn't appropriate. We just shouldn't have had to experience that, let alone make adult decisions. Um, so, I mean, throughout all of that, my parents continued to be married, but continued to live very separate lives and just fought, you know, physically, emotionally, like just any way, any way possible, you know, like their marriage was just awful. And I, I still to this day don't actually get what they were thinking and why they wouldn't just part ways. Um, I do know that I, we were asked as children, you know, like, what do you want us to do? We know it's bad, but like, I remember my mom asking me like, what do you want us to do? And I didn't fully, you know, grasp that if they separated, I would still see both of them. I thought, and I felt worse, the most, like I felt the most bad for my father because he had nothing. He literally just had his children and that was it. And I just didn't foresee things going well for him without us. So I would like beg my mom, like, don't divorce, don't separate, don't do it. And I can imagine that probably made her feel just awful. But I also feel like it just, I appreciate her asking, but I just don't feel like it was appropriate to even ask us. Like I get kind of cluing us in and communicating with us, but like putting that type of decision on you know, like a 10, 11, 12 year old. I just don't think we grasp everything very well. And, you know, it would have been much better for us. Anyways, me and my sister to, and my mother to be separate. Um, so anyway, that type of behavior of him being on prescription drugs and having, you know, just no zest for life. I personally believe he's just undiagnosed with depression for sure. Um, he goes through really good spurts throughout his life. And for the past, oh, I would say 
three or four years. Um, he's been doing really well. He's held a job. He has a girlfriend. He seems fairly happy, kind of picked up a hobby. And I thought things were going really, really well. And just recently, um, I just wasn't hearing from him. Um, we tried to make plans for his birthday and he wasn't very responsive to that. And then on his birthday, I asked like, Hey, is every, is everything okay? Um, you know, we'd love to have you guys over for supper or whatever you want to do. And he had told me he was pretty sick and like, we're going to have to rain check it. So obviously we understood and we're like, we'll just find a different day. Um, those days are hard to find as you, most of you know, that are listening, you're in a blended family and you're trying to include your bonus child. Um, so <laughs> dates are limited, but anyway, we're just like, you know, get better. Hopefully everything's okay. A couple days pass by. I text him, nothing. Text him again to see if he was all right. Nothing. Last five, six days kind of went by and I didn't hear, I just wasn't hearing back from him. So it's like, huh. I just felt in my gut. I knew like just something was wrong. Like usually he would text me back. Sometimes it takes him all day, which is fine. I don't expect like a prompt response, but like to not respond to one message or one phone call in five or six days, I thought that was pretty weird. So I did go to his girlfriend's work. I asked how things were going. She said, not good. He doesn't look good. He doesn't seem good. Um, I asked, can I please, you know, get the keys so that I can go check on him. Um, she was nice enough to allow me to do that. And when I went there, he just wasn't good. He wasn't responsive. He wasn't, you know, able to even really form a sentence. He was confused. He hadn't been eating. He was just literally just like, like his body was there, but everything else was gone and his body didn't even look good. So I was really, really worried. So I immediately called an ambulance and, you know, off he went. I followed behind, got to the hospital. Emergency was a nightmare. Like I, I, I have no good things to say about being an emerge. Um, and I know everything, everybody's, you know, trying their best, but the way some patients are just treated is just absolutely disgusting. Um, I wasn't sure what was going to happen with him. He didn't look good. Um, he ended up with pneumonia, um, but he was so far, he just hadn't been taking care of himself for so long that he was so far down that like they weren't sure if he was actually going to make it or not. And many doctors told me fingers crossed and like, this is all we can do right now. And it was just horrible. I actually didn't know whether or not my dad was going to be coming out of that at all. If my kids were going to have their papa, um, or just like what was going to happen. So it was pretty scary. I was pretty upset. Um, but of course I'm like fight or flight and I just was in flight mode. So I was just, you know, doing all the things, making sure he had all of his stuff and, you know, making sure he was being taken care of, which we all know, you know, again, there's good and bad in every profession. <laughs> I just want to say there's a lot of bad, um, in our experience of just like care, um, making sure he was fucking fed, um, cleaned up anything like that. Like that just was non-existent. I did all of that and I 
I don't know how, I don't know how people do it if they're just in there by themselves and they have no support system. It's just, it's a scary, scary thought. Um, but anyway, so he ended up in there. So he was in there. They expected he would be in there for at least two weeks. Um, whether he ended up going into ICU or not, they weren't sure. But uh, luckily he didn't. He stayed on the same floor. He was in there for five days, which, you know, like isn't too bad. And I'm just I'm glad we were able to kind of get through that and make sure everything was OK. Um I know he had moments of regret um, and how he's been treating his body. And that's just my main thing. And it's not ever something that we've, you know, I was, I grew up being taught like to make sure from day one that you're taking care of your body um, so that you don't end up having to be in hospitals or treating whatever it is happens to your body. If you get a disease, if you pick up a virus, like we should be making sure like our bodies are a temple. We need to be making sure that we're, we're like, that is our most important. That is our number one is our health. We need to be taking care of ourselves so that we are strong enough to fight whatever it is our body picks up. And that's just not really a ever been a priority for him and he's taken really, really bad care of himself. And I'm really, really hoping that this is a turnaround for him. He is currently staying with us just because I feel like, you know, his girlfriend's working and she doesn't really have time to be like taking care of this man who, you know, needed, needed some help. So, um, you know, we've been cooking well for him and making sure he's you know, not getting back into old habits and, um, just kind of surrounded by family. And like, I mean, as crazy as it can be in our house, you know, there's no greater feeling than having your, your kids running around and just kind of making you laugh and making you smile. So that seemed to have helped him. Um, this is me speaking really nice. He is still here and I am ready for him not to be, (laughs) um, he can be pretty difficult and kind of set in his ways of feel bad for me. And I think still kind of hoping that I'm really going to kind of take the lead and fully take care of him when he's getting stronger and more capable to do so for himself. So I'm kind of just taking a step back. Um, and I, I guess that might sound harsh to some of you, but to me, it is needed. I am very much a nurturer and it is in my bones and in my blood to nurture and take care of everybody. Um, and it's exhausting. And I'm learning to just like take those two steps back. And if he absolutely needed me for something or there was something wrong, then absolutely like I would be there no matter what. But at this point, I can only do so much and he needs to want to be better and to get better himself. So that is where we are at. We've had some follow-up appointments that I've been taking him to and doctor feels like he is ready to kind of venture back into his own home and he'll eventually start working. But... I guess he's got to kind of do that on his own accord. So 
I don't know if any of you have really (laughs) ever had the pleasure of living with their parents. I have had my dad live with me a handful of times in my adult life. And it never goes incredibly well because I feel very taken advantage of. And he's not much of a doer. He's very much like just like a present, like almost like a, like he's like, he just, it's hard to explain. He just doesn't do anything and he'll just sit there and stare at the screen or stare at a wall or you know, breathe sigh heavily if he's not like getting attention. And I'm like, as a mother, as a wife, as someone who has a lot on their plate, like I just don't have the energy or the time to deal with that fully on a regular basis. So that is where we're at. That is my weird relationship with my dad. And um, I love him. I love him because he's my dad, but it is very difficult to have to parent, I guess, your parent. Um, And that is something that I would really, really like to dive deep into in this podcast. And again, I'm not sure if anybody can really relate on this. Um, It's probably like a small fraction of people that and maybe I'm wrong. Um, I just know I don't know a lot of people. I mean, that's weird. My best friend and I, we actually bond on this because she is in the same boat. She lives with her dad. It's difficult. And we feel a lot of immense pressure on making sure that they are stable mentally, emotionally, financially, like you name it. Like we take on a lot and it's crazy to us because no one knows how that feels, but it's like something that we both kind of understand and will listen and it's not embarrassing. It's just the way it is. But um yeah, I guess just reach out to me on on Instagram or whatever. Email me. Um let me know if this is maybe like something that would interest any of you on hearing more about just parenting your parents and just feeling that level of guilt, I guess. Um, I've been parent <sighs> I have felt that I have been parenting my parent for a lot of years, probably the last decade or so. And um, it's been really hard on me. I, I already feel, obviously, you know, an immense responsibility um, with my own family, with my children and, you know, being blended. And you, there's so much of your energy and emotions goes into that, that there's not much left at the end of the day. So to have to also deal with that is exhausting. So hence why I decided to go get a pedicure yesterday. Um, I ended up kid-free. I posted my stories. I know some of you saw. Um, I ended up kid-free for the night. So I was like, what should I do? Like, ah, you know, that feeling of, I don't know what to do. I'm kid-free and I like, I could clean, I could be productive. I could you know, continue working on this project, or I could really do something for myself. So I did that. I went and got a pedicure. I booked an appointment to get my eyebrows waxed. And in the middle of that, I went shopping and bought myself some really cozy, lovely pajamas and slippers. And I feel great. I feel a nice reset. And it felt, it felt good. It felt like it was a good day today to start 
recording again. So again, if you're listening and you've stuck through that long backwinded story of my dad and how that's going, I just want everybody to know he is doing much better. Um, and we are on the mend, but that has been a lot of my time and energy in these past few months. And so I really appreciate everybody being so patient. I know I've received a few messages of just like, Hey, we miss you just so you know, like we love your episodes and I love hearing that. And I'm so sorry it's taken so, so long, but I know you guys have been obviously amazingly understanding on my reasoning behind that. And of course, like we always say, like family first, this stuff is great. It feels so good to get all of the stuff off my chest. And for you listeners that are listening, it's nice to listen to somebody who is experiencing kind of the same thing as you. So again, I just appreciate every single one of you that tune in and that listen to my voice (laughs) because that's not always the easiest thing. Um, So before that, a little update too on why things were so slow for me even prior to that happening was that my bonus daughter has been just experiencing just some crazy ass bullying here. Um, She's in grade seven. So they're like, you know, all 12, 13. And um, I don't know, I guess I just, I remember things a little bit differently in my childhood, but man, shit's crazy nowadays. And again, I can't express it enough fucking phones, fucking Snapchat, fucking social media with these kids is driving me insane. And if it were up to me, they would have no part in it. Um, she's just been, she's had her stuff vandalized at school. She's had, she's lost friends because of this like crazy rumor that's going around. And again, I'm not saying that I believe it or I don't believe it or whatever's going on. Like, it's hard to say like these kids just, especially when you don't have a child for half the time, like it's hard to know what's what, but man, she has been getting some serious heat from some people at school and um, she's lost some friends. She's, you know, had to be in and out of the office and dealing with teachers and you name it. She's been dealing with that. Um, unfortunately the school didn't feel like they needed to reach out to any parents or anything. So, um, I will give a huge shout out bio mom. She went in there and she handled it, um, as best she could, I guess. Like I, I guess in those situations, there's only so much you can do. I guess what we were all really mad about was the fact that no one, there was such heavy bullying going on and I guess this kid does this with other people so much so that the police got involved. They didn't get involved in what was going on with my bonus daughter, but they were involved in other things this person had been doing to other kids. Um, So we just felt like it was really fucked up that no one contacted us or like one of us or anybody at all. Um, So it was good. Like the communication was good. I, you know, I kind of picked her up from school. Um, She told me everything essentially. And I was flabbergasted. I can't get into too much detail just because I want to kind of keep the privacy a little bit. But uh, I mean, you can imagine, let your mind wander (laughs) on some rumors that are going around at age 13, right? Um, I don't know. I'm not going to shame her. I'm just, my positioning in this has just been kind of listening and offering advice where it's kind of needed. Um, and just reminding her that she 
has every right to stick up for herself. And, um, you know, your parents can run into the school, they can talk to teachers, they can talk to parents, but at some point you kind of have to like stand up and deal and it sucks. And confrontation is not her forte, nor is it many people's like, no one really likes confrontation, but, uh, she especially hates it. She doesn't like confronting feelings or anything that might be a little bit uncomfortable, but, um, I just, you know, we just keep encouraging her. Like, this is something that you may have to just go deal with. And once you deal with it, people will remember how they treat you right? And you deserve that kind of respect. So again, kudos to bio mom. She went in there, she handled it. She went in there by herself. Um, my husband didn't go cause he's been kind of away and home and away and home for work. Um, and then when we found out that she had already kind of gone in, he thought, okay. And then it happened again, like some more bullying, some more vandalizing. Um, so they were at one point going to go in together to the school, but I think we just kind of were waiting to see how my bonus daughter kind of handled things. And I guess it's quieted down pretty well. Um, and that's kind of the end of that story, but it's taken a lot. It's taken a lot out of her. Um, the way it's been dealt with has been pretty good. I think between all the parents, I mean, I was more of just the messenger um, she came home, she told me, we talked about it with dad when we got home and then he was able to call, um, bio mom and just kind of fill her in on what was going on and stuff. And, um, yeah, needless to say, we're all livid, but like kids are, sh- kids are shitty sometimes. Like not just kids, like people can be so shitty. And I firmly believe like this kid who's doing the bullying is just left to their own devices at all times. And again, I say this and I'm super grateful for the platform that I have. And I think social media can be good in so many ways, but I really just feel like this is no place for kids. Um, I just, I just think they're exposed to way too much. And I just think it has such an effect on their mental health. Like again, whole episode on this on social media a couple episodes back. So if you want to go listen to my thoughts on all of that, go for it. But uh, I think most of you already know my thoughts on it with these kids. I just think it's absolutely absurd. And for all of those people who have younger children who are considering it, or if you're like me and my spouse where we're like, oh my God, like our kids are going to be the biggest weirdos because they're we're just not going to allow it. You know, like at a certain age, my bonus daughter is a little different she was given it. She's been given full access to a phone and social media on her mom's side since she was about nine, nine or 10. Don't quote me on that, but in and around that area. And, um, we haven't had much of a say in that we do have, she is now able to bring her cell phone over to our home, but it stays in one spot. If she wants to use it, she has to ask. Um, we have every right to look at it. Um, that being said, you can imagine she doesn't use it very much over here. Um, but we, we have every right to fucking monitor this shit. And she, as a result, when she's here, 
you can tell she's in a much clearer headspace because she's not consumed by whatever the fuck is going on in group chats with her friends and the drama and the name calling and the updating everybody on whatever the hell they're doing every minute. Like it's so much better. And, um, maybe one day she'll feel a little more inclined to just like get that out of her system and maybe like not want it or feel like she doesn't need it anymore. But that's just one of those things. Um, in a blended family where it's like we have two very opposite views on these things and like all we can do is kind of communicate to her like hey like sometimes when these things happen and it happens over social media or it happens over the phone I'm like hey like I don't know like do you feel like it might be easier to just like not have that app or like just not be in contact with that person like not follow that person or just like like it seems pretty obvious like to me, like if I don't like something, I don't follow it. If somebody really upsets me and has very opposing views, which they have every right to have on my friends list or on my social media, like there's a beautiful magic button that says unfollow and it's awesome and you don't have to subject yourself to it. It's amazing. Tell her to check it out all the time, but there it is. So Anyway, that's what's been going on navigating through that when I just feel like it'd be super easy to just be like, hey, guess what? You don't get Snapchat anymore. Seems like a simple fucking thing to do. Just text your friends, the ones that you know, the ones that you love, the ones that you get along with and the ones that you trust. How about just that? Not just chatting with everybody in your grade at your middle school. Like, I just think it's absolutely crazy. And as parents, we should be able to voice that and say it, but it's like when not everybody agrees, it's fucking really hard to do. And if we do it over here, then we we're just setting ourselves up for her being more sneaky. Like she has been in the past. So fuck man, we're in a pickle, but communication is key. Just all we keep continue to do is just talk to her, not belittle her and not make her feel bad about it, but just talk to her about like, Hey, well, what do you think? Like the solution would be there to me. The solution is to shut it off and don't look at it. Right. But, uh, I guess it's hard to see that when it's so normalized for these kids. So anyway, that's what's been going on with that. She seems a lot better. I know she's been having some like really rough days um, just at school. But, every, you know, every morning that I drop her off, I'm just like reminding her of how amazing she is and that she's a strong girl and that, you know, don't let anybody push you around and um, handle it. And if you need us, we'll come like we'll we'll come get you. If you're feeling really upset about it, or if you need just time to cool off, like we're here to support you. So that's, again, all we can do at this point. Um, you can't fight all of her battles, just like, you know, anything that we've been dealing with, with um, bio mom or blended families or anything. My husband keeps reminding me, like, we can't take on this pain or this stuff for her. Like, all we are here to support her and help her and talk to her, but we can't take it on for herself. And at some point she's going to have to like stand up and deal with it on her own and not have her parents kind of fight the battles for her, which is really easy to get caught up and involved in. But, um, hopefully here we see, you know, a fire in her where she handles it. She tells them, tells everybody like enough is enough. And if I hear you say anything or even utter my name again, I'm coming back. And <laughs> I don't normally encourage violence, but uh, if need be, you do you. That's where I'm at. Anyway, 
So that's what's been going on there. Man, I swear, I was even having a conversation with um, the esthetician that was doing my eyebrows yesterday. And we were talking about parenthood and she was, you know, venting to me a little bit about her kids who are three and five. Mine are almost nine and 13. And um, how we're both kind of in the same place, but in very different ways. Um, I unfortunately burst her bubble with her question of like, does it get easier? And it's like, I think it gets a little easier, but the problems get like kind of bigger. Like the problems are just a lot bigger, they seem anyway. So man, that's just where I'm at. I feel like I'm more exhausted now than when they were little. Um, And I think it's just because like, I can handle physical exhaustion, but mental exhaustion is just like a whole different thing. But uh, if anybody else is in that same boat of these middle schoolers um, who are trying to figure out who, who they are, um, trying to figure out who their, who their friends are, trying to figure out like, you know, confusion and their feelings. And I don't know what kids are doing these days, but man, it's just like, I can't imagine trying to grow up. I'm, and I'm, I'm fairly young, but I can't even imagine trying to grow up in this day and age with everything they have access to. It just seems crazy to me, but I think I'm an old soul. I think I really believe that I'm like actually 90 years old. That's just me. I would love to just kick it real old school with our kids and just like never, <laughs> never let them have access to it. But, um, the more we do that, I feel like the more we'll push them to, run towards that and hide it from us as they get older. So I think just again, staying open and communicating with our kids. I think that's just like the solidarity. I think that's just like the answer to it all. So thanks for coming to my TED talk, (laughs) my ramble that wasn't supposed to turn into that. But anyway, um, that being said, it's gotten a little more amplified around here and I have no idea how this is going to go, but, um, Again, some of you know that have been tuning in in the past that my hubby was let go from his job um, working in the city. It was a job he hated. Um, He was in the IT world. He hated it. Um, Yeah, like I said, he was miserable. Before that, when I first met him, he was an industrial firefighter. Um, So he worked away when I first met him. that job was his dream. Um, the only thing getting in its way was the fact that he missed his family terribly. So he ended up leaving that career to find something here with us at home. And uh, I feel like he's been amazing. And, you know, it's been great having him home and he's loved being home. And all that, but since he's been let go of his job and with all these crazy mandates and everything getting super messy everywhere around the world, he, you know, we were lucky enough to be able to have him home for some time and he wasn't working and it was a bit stressful and we've been penny pinching and I say penny pinching, like we've been penny pinching, (laughs) but at this point in time, we're like, it's a good time. We should get your resumes out there and get back to work. Um, so he did, um, he put a bunch of resumes out there. He did a whole bunch here in our area, a little bit outside of our area, you name it. 
and didn't hear a thing. And so that was super frustrating for him. And so he thought, well, maybe I'll like dip my toe in the water and send out some resumes to the companies for industrial firefighting. And he sent out a few and he heard back from everybody. He's had like nine companies reach out to him to be like, Hey, we need you. Your experience. You're amazing. Like we are short guys. Like we could really use you, but the catch is he has to be away. Um, so we talked about it and money isn't everything. Um, I really am a firm believer. If anybody listens to Jenna Kutcher here, um, listens to her podcast, Gold Digger, you know she always says time is our currency. And I am a firm believer of that. I don't, I'm not a materialistic person. I don't think we need all the bells and whistles. I don't need a big fancy house. But the money was pretty good. The offer was pretty good. Um, In the long run, we can make it so he doesn't have to be away very often. Um, and yeah, we're just trying to, I guess, stick to the positive. So that being said, he is on his second stint away. Um, the first time he was only gone for six days, so that wasn't too bad at all. Um, now he is on his second one. He was home for another five days and now he's gone for 17 and that's, that's a long time. Um, we are very like family oriented people. We do almost everything together, all of us. Um, so it's really hard to have him gone. It's really hard on everybody. And we really weren't sure how it was going to go as far as my bonus daughter too, because again, we get her week on week off. So we really weren't sure how that was going to go, but, um, so far so good. I mean, bio mom has been kind of annoyed, but I really don't know how she's going to take the fact that we, like, it's just going to be kind of me here with her. And I think problems are probably going to arise there. I know I've been kind of vocal about it on Instagram and my stories and stuff. And I appreciate every single one of you that has reached out to try to give me some type of advice on how to co-parent with somebody who doesn't want you to even exist. And now that it's literally me, just me here sometimes while he's gone, it's going to be really hard. So I'll keep you guys posted on that. I'm really hoping just like nothing changes at all and that we can just like continue to co-parent kind of the way we are. I really feel like it's going to be, I'm just going to be the middleman. But that being said, it's like I always am. So I guess I should be used to it. But I think I'm just taking it more personally because I'm the only parent in this house currently. Um, so yeah, I will keep you guys posted on that. Um, I believe I will be dealing with a some attitude, some anger um, from my bonus daughter here, rightfully so. Like, her daddy's gone, and, you know, she's going to miss him. We all miss him, and um, she's not somebody to really actually ever come out and say what's what's wrong or what's going on or if anything's bugging you. Like, you know, we had a good discussion. Of, well, not a good discussion. We had a discussion about how she's feeling about daddy going away and stuff, and she's like, it's fine it's fine. <laughs> we're like, well, like I get it, but it's also not fine. And it's okay to not be fine. Like I said, I don't want him gone and I'm not okay with it, but like, 
daddy loves it and hopefully he doesn't, it's not like a long-term thing and hopefully we can just do this for a while and hopefully something kind of comes up in our area. And then I was like, so it's okay to not be okay. We're all sad. And she just kind of like walked away because again, she doesn't like dealing with any type of emotion or anything like that. So I don't know. Hopefully she's not, I, my biggest fear is that she's going to be here and be putting on a front and not being honest about how she's feeling if she's missing him. Because at the end of the day, like technology is wonderful in the sense that he's away, but like we can still see his face every day whenever we want and we can talk to him whenever we want. And, you know, like we could play games over the, like over zoom or whatever. Like it's, it's not the same as having him here, but at least it's something. And I just don't want her to be feeling like she's missing him and just not saying anything where it's like, you can just like pick up the phone and call him, go call him. You know, like at any point in time, if you want access and you want to chat with your daddy, like you go ahead. Um, believe me, my son does it all the time <laughs> so far. Um, but yeah, so anyway, we'll keep, we'll keep you posted on that stuff, but I'm really just hoping if I give her a little bit of grace, um, if I need to kind of lock myself in the bathroom and take some breaths or have a drink or whatever, like I will do that. But, uh, I'm really hoping that this doesn't get overly complicated just because he has to go. Um, this was not the first option and, um, it's just something that you know, he actually really loves to do, but it sucks because he wants to be home with his family. So I'm happy for him and I'm excited that he's feeling, you know, useful and like what his work is doing is something that matters. Um, and I'm really happy for the growth that he's going to have as a result of all of this. Um, but of course that always comes with a bunch of other things. <laughs> so, um, like I said, I'll keep you guys posted on that. Um, that being said, I really hope to have more time to record. I've got a few episodes coming up and I've got some really exciting guests um, that have been so patient with me that have, I've had on the back burner for a long time, but they've been so amazing with everything that's going on. So I'm really hoping to kind of schedule those in soon. Again, I'm still trying to find that routine of balancing kids and two, well, three businesses and time with, you know, my spouse over the phone and my dad and, oh shit, I forgot to tell you guys. Okay. Maybe I won't air it. I have a very big surprise. Um, I have a surprise for you guys and I want to see if anyone can guess what that surprise might be. And you might think I'm crazy once you do finally figure it out, but that's my positive today. I have very exciting news for you guys on something to do with my family. So maybe I'll do a poll. I'm going to do a poll. I'm going to do a poll on Instagram. You guys can check it out. You guys can all vote to see what you think it's going to be. You can vote and then hmm, maybe we'll figure out something for somebody um, if they guess the right answer. Okay. So yeah, I also am super excited since I've been in the freaking dark for so long. Um, I was able to go on to a, my platform that I use to kind of see how the episodes are doing and where they air and like who's tuning in and all the 
you know, all the information that they have on who's listening um, to what episode and what have you. And I am so freaking excited to see all the new, like, people of the world who are just like tuning in here. It's so crazy. So I would like to send a special hello and thank you for listening to Italy, South Africa, Norway, New Zealand, Netherlands, Argentina, Croatia, Brazil, and get this, somebody listens in Fiji. In Fiji, that is like my number one place that I want to go to. And I'm pretty sure it's only because of watching The Truman Show. Jim Carrey and The Truman Show, if anybody remembers that movie, all he wants to do is fucking go to Fiji. So ever since I watched that movie as a kid, I've been like, Fiji must be where it's at. And if you look up, I mean, maybe you don't want to because it'll just give you the the want to travels jitters, but uh, Fiji's fucking looks so beautiful and that's somewhere I want to go. So whoever it is that's out there in Fiji that's listening, hello, and I will accept any invitation to come out there. (laughs) So that's pretty much it for today, guys. I am so happy if you listen to this whole thing. Thank you for listening. Like I always say, I really appreciate you guys. I appreciate all my listeners. Um, And I can't wait just record some more here. We got lots of exciting things coming up. So everybody take care. Love you. You're not alone. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another mother podcast and being a part of our community. Remember, no matter how unique your situation, you are not alone. To be a part of the show, make episode topic suggestions, or to share your story, please email info at anothermotherpodcast.ca and make sure to follow at Another Mother Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and leave us a rating on your preferred podcast app if you enjoyed the show. Bye-bye.